Hello, lovely ladies. Welcome to the Lessons I Learned podcast, where I share what I've learned and am still learning about marriage, mothering, friendship, health and wellness, spiritual growth, and everything in between. I'll be learning right along with you, as many of my guests have such great things to say. So get ready to listen, grow, be open and teachable, and get ready to learn and have fun doing it. I'm about to introduce you to probably the sweetest gal in all of Western New York. And as sweet as she is, she is just as wise. She always seems to have the right thing to say, which is why I've asked her to sit down with me and chat about what I feel like is my highest calling, motherhood. Kelly Jankowski is a mom of two boys, an incredible worship leader, and leads alongside her husband to pastor my home church, Life Church Buffalo. Moms, get ready to take some mental and even literal notes as you listen to Kelly answer some of my questions about how she handles motherhood. All right, welcome back to the Lessons I Learned podcast. I am here with my friend Kelly Jankowski today. Hi, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm afraid we're going to be giggly. I don't know. I'm looking at you right now. Not all of my podcasts, I'm face-to-face with um, my the people I'm interviewing, but we're here face to face. You get to look at me right now with a black eye, which is awesome. (laughs) I'll tell more about that later. But um, I've got my friend here, Kelly Jankowski, um, and I'm so happy to have you on here. First of all, I'm just happy to have you in my living room and have this as an excuse for us to get together. (laughs) Um, But um, I... So Kelly is, um, she is the lead pastor along with her husband, Pete, um, at our home church here in Buffalo, New York, um, and the church is called Life Church Buffalo. Shout out to any Life Church listeners. Um, and um, I love that you are just fully invested. You are truly a partner with your husband mm. um, in our church and you lead worship there. You, um, I attend one of the kind of small group ladies um, get together, our Panera group, we call yes. it. <laughs> um, and um, we've just gotten to know you guys and love your family. You are a boy mom. So right away <laughs> when I saw you have two boys, very similar in age to my boys. Um, and I just admire so much about you. Aww, um, but one you. of the things at the top of my list is definitely watching you um, mother your boys. Um, and it's mm. been um, an encouragement to me. And it's um, I just know that you have a lot of wisdom, a lot of grace. I especially admire your gentleness. <laughs> I'm more of a warden mom, I think. And so watching you be gentle um, with your boys. And, um, so I just know I have like this laundry list of questions. I, I don't know if we'll get to them all, but just so many things that, um, selfishly I want to ask you. <laughs> and then the listeners can just be little flies on the Aww. wall, taking it all in and, and gleaning, um, from what you have to say too. So I'm looking forward to it. But before we dive in, um, to the meat of what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about mothering today. Um, but before we do share with my listeners, just who you are, what you do. Um, and maybe after that, I'll do a little, you know, quick shoot out some, uh, questions, get to know you things. So, so take it away. Sounds good. Well, uh, 
I am 38. I just turned 38. And uh, as you said, I have two boys. Um, they are seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of difficulty getting uh, pregnant and having children. And so these are two miracle babies that we had. Yes. And it has really sweetened the motherhood experience because after you've wanted something uh, for so long and it was difficult uh, to get there, it really has uh, made mothering uh, like. It's always a joy to mother, but I feel like it has made it even sweeter to mother these boys. Because uh, even on days when I'm super frustrated, I have to stop and remember, like, hey, <laughs> I prayed for you. I wanted you. I prayed for days like this. Right. So it's been really wonderful. But um, I'm married to Pete, and he's the love of my life. We've been married 13 years. Um I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and uh, we went to Ohio, and we were in Columbus for a couple years. Uh, In 2012, we moved there. We just moved back to Buffalo in 2016, and uh, we're so glad to be back here. Uh, We love being a part of what God's doing at Life Church Buffalo. It's been awesome, Um, but we just love people, and I'm so glad that you're in my life now, too. So yeah, it's been uh, a huge blessing getting to meet another family um, that is in ministry and that also has boys, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're just we're excited to be back in Buffalo and yeah. glad to be here. Awesome. I'm we, my husband and I are both excited to be a part of your church and Aww. all the cool stuff that we're seeing. Like Life Church Buffalo isn't just any church. It is <laughs> a growing, thriving, it's a place you want to be. It's morphing weekly, really, um, and growing. And mm-hmm. um, there's just, it's aptly named. It's there's it's full of life. And yes. um, so we're glad to be part of, of that. And I feel like our ministry um, uh, just benefits because of what we're taking in there and we're able to go That's out awesome. and share um, and be filled up. So, so we love that. So, okay, quickly before we dive in, I have a few fave questions. I do this every podcast. And so, okay. So Kelly is very musical. She has a dynamic (laughs) powerhouse, beautiful voice. Um, so what's your favorite song? Oh, I I know every, everybody's like currently. So it's not my favorite song to sing because I can't sing it, but I love, um, be enthroned by Bethel worship. It's probably my favorite right now, Okay, but I know that's like, yeah, it's not one that I sing, but I love it. All right. So what's your favorite thing to do in your downtime? Like if you had a night, which I know is rare, that you don't have anything to do, (laughs) what are you going to do? Probably clean. Really? I know, isn't that sad? I I sound so boring. Uh, Actually, I I do enjoy. I just said to Dan the other day, like, Monday's my cleaning day is actually my favorite day. Yes, it's therapeutic. Everything gets clean. It's therapeutic. I, I feel you. I feel you. Okay, your favorite TV or movie character? character. Yeah. Probably from the wedding planner, the oh. right? Uh Jennifer Lopez's character. Okay. I just love it. Oh. Yes. I just think she's cute and funny yeah. and that's like my all-time favorite movie. You're like a rom-com. Yes, okay. for sure. I did not know that about you. <laughs> I'm trying to think myself when I said that I was like who would I pick? I feel like right now I'd probably say Michael Scott, which sounds oh. really <laughs> would expect that. I'm like, he's just a beloved yeah. character <laughs> in a weird, twisted way. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant? Like if you're going to go out on a date night with Pete mm. without the boys, so it's not, you know, I'm not talking Wendy's yep. or whatever. Where are you going to go? The Cheesecake Factory. Yes. Yes. Amen. I get any type of food that I want, any mm-hmm. cuisine, and I get a ginormous piece of cheesecake with coffee, and it's amazing. Yes. Okay. So what is your favorite cheesecake there? Dulce de leche. I probably Ooh. said it wrong. If you're Spanish, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I probably said it wrong. You said it right to me. Okay, we're in yes. Buffalo, New York, so we're good. Um, I don't know where this came up. I was thinking, I'm like, what else could I add? What's your favorite cereal? I grew oh. up loving Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't eat it anymore, but I like I single-handedly yes. shot their um, <laughs> sales up. Probably Frosted Flakes with sliced yes. bananas on it. Oh. It's my favorite. Okay. Yes, but I never buy it because if I buy it, I eat the whole box. I know. So you I open can't. Pandora's yep. box. Yeah. My kids are always asking me for Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops because oh. they get it at camp. Like we don't do a lot of yep. sugary cereals. And they actually created their own cereal, which I think is ingenious and they should market it one day called Lucky Loops. Like they just mix up Lucky <gasps> Charms and Fruit Loops, which is like the amount of sugar in that I could, oh, can't even... I don't want to know. So anyway, um, so you have two boys, and yeah. I have two boys. Yeah. And um, so selfishly, um, some of these questions I have for you are truly ones that I've been mulling over. Okay. I feel like um, my younger mothering years, like I had all the books. I felt mm. in control um, more in my younger years um, or in their younger years. Um, and now as they're growing... I don't know. Maybe I just feel more more helpless. Like, <laughs> Lord, help me. Um, give me all the materials. Give me uh, impart all the wisdom. Um, and I've some of these things I've I've just wrestled with myself as mm. a mom, and um, uh, I'm sure you wrestle with For as sure. well. So many different <laughs> things we wrestle. Uh, listen, I'm here with a black eye. Mothering is. <laughs> They beat you up physically and <laughs> mentally and emotionally and everything. So, um, so I'm just going to start off, um, open up and ask you, what are the important things in the Jankowski household that you are drilling to your kids? Obviously, they're, like you could make a list, manners, respect, truth, mm-hmm. kindness, work ethic, sure. responsibility, thankfulness. Like there's obviously we want our kids to have it all, but are there a couple things that really... Um, uh, you really focus on and like th- this is the be all and end all like for us mm. in our in our home it's like truth you t- mm. you be I, th- I remember talking yeah. about that recently like we value the truth yes. above anything else so what are the things that you find are really important to impart to your boys sure. um, in your household yeah you know a lot of it could probably be encapsulated into one um, to one concept, but I'll start by saying this: is that probably kindness and respect are the two things. Um, and I love how, like you said, you value truth. That is true in our house as well. But you know, I've discovered that as the boys have gotten older and they can reason more, and so I'm talking to them more about mm-hmm. the things that we're trying to instill into them. We've literally had a couple of times where our oldest, Sammy, who's very sensitive, where he's actually broken down. Down and like started crying and he's like this is all so confusing because I don't know what I'm allowed to do when am I allowed to like speak up for myself but when is it like disrespectful and all this and you know um, so we've kind of tried to simplify it a little bit and there's this overarching principle that we keep talking to the boys about and we keep telling them that people are most important. Mm-hmm. And when we value the fact that people are most important, it will help us to do all of the things that we've been trying to instill into them. Hopefully, if they value people and realize that they, that people are most important, like not the task we're trying to get done. It's not us trying to get our own way. It's not us trying to get the biggest piece of cake. The most important is people. So mm-hmm. when we're operating with that mentality, it makes us be more kind and it helps us to be respectful. And 
And because our goal is to remember that like God, like his number one, um, his focus, right, is people. Like he Mm -hmm. loves people. And so if we're going to follow in God's footsteps and we're going to follow the way that he wants us to live, when we remember that people are the most important, that helps us to live out those principles. But I would say that kindness for sure is probably the, the biggest thing. I think it's very easy in today's culture especially with, you know, social media, which our boys are not on social media yet, but obviously they're in training years that hopefully mm-hmm. will give them the tools that they need to be able to function in a, yeah. in a realm of social media, right? But um, we live in this age where it's so easy to be cutting with our words. Um, it's easy to have an agenda. It's an easy to conceal hidden motives in our heart and to um, manipulate and whatever. And so I feel like us encouraging our children to be kind and to be respectful, hopefully will help them to be able to function in a world where that's not necessarily always celebrated. Um, But people that are the beneficiaries of kindness and of respect, uh, they they identify it and they appreciate it. Um, But there's a lot that I feel like we can get away with in our culture and we call it different things. So anyway, Mm. so yeah, I think helping them to understand that people are the most important is kind of the the overarching principle that we've tried to instill in them. I mean, ultimately, like right away when I think of that, I think you hit the nail on the head because um, it reminds me of um, what are we supposed to do? Love God and love people. And ultimately that's the goal and everything flows out of that. If that's our mission, is to love and serve people. Um, everything else flows out of mm-hmm. that. So that's that's awesome. People, people. Um, okay, so this one is totally a selfish question because <laughs> I've been debating back and forth um, about this myself because all up into this uh, up until this year, um, I would say that um, spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. in our house have been easy. Mm-hmm. They have been um, something I'm. I'm a rule follower. I'm um, into daily disciplines. I keep myself on track that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm very um, self-aware. So when I'm sliding all of that, um, and especially my oldest, Keaton, he has such a great heart, but we are, we're just hitting those middle school years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard recently things like, why do we have to read the Bible every day? <laughs> What's the point? You know, and you know, I don't like to, I don't want to do this. And there's been, you know, he's bucked up against some mm-hmm. of it lately. And, um, you know, I've heard different, um, ideas and different thoughts about, um, daily disciplines and devotions and things like that, trying to instill, um, the proper, um, things into our kids, um, while they are young, you know, train mm-hmm. them up and, um, when they're older, they won't depart from it. Um, but I've also heard, so, you know, I've heard the camp, like, it doesn't matter. We're going to do this and we're going to teach you the right mm-hmm. way now. And then I've also heard the camp of, we don't ever want this to be a chore. We don't want that. I want my kids to, um, see it modeled and, and, um, take that upon themselves, uh, for their own because they want to, and they want that personal relationship with God. And so for me, I'm torn. I'm sure. so stuck with how do I handle this? And so I would love to hear, you know, what you guys do in yeah. your household and um, just some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in our house, we have, um, so since the boys have been little, we've tried to train them when they were little off of lists. So they had like a chore list and they had um, what we called like a routines list. And the routines are different than chores. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the chores are the things that they do. It's like their way to contribute to the house, right? Like we're part of a family. It's what we do. Um, sometimes they get chore money from it. Sometimes they don't. It depends on how faithful they are. But the routines are things that they do for them that are the healthy habits we want them to develop in their life. And so when they were younger, it, inc- it included things like the routines did. Things like uh, you brush your teeth. Like when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you go potty, you wash your hands, those types of things. And as they've gotten older, we've tried to add some of those spiritual rhythms to that routines list mm-hmm. so that it's looked at as more of a routine that they do. Um which is a little bit different than a chore. But so when they get up in the morning, uh, on their little list that we gave them at the the beginning of the school year, it had on there, you know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, um, you like wash up, and then you spend time with Jesus is what we say. Mm -hmm. And so that might look different day to day for them. They each do have a devotional, um, and they have a journal. And then we even bought them. So we try to find different books that help them to engage with God in different ways. So like one of the books we bought them was called The Prayer Map for Boys. And it's pretty much a book that teaches them to journal, but it splits up like the, the components of journaling. So it's like, you know, what are the things you're thankful for? What is something that you're worried about? What's something that you're asking God for? Who are people in your life that you know um, need something from the Lord or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, so so it kind of breaks it down for them. But, um, you know, it's easy for, on that routines list, it's easy for that spending time with the Lord piece to become a box that they check off. And so there's right. times when they'll run and they'll read their Jesus Calling for Kids devotional that's, you know, two little paragraphs. Like, okay, I'm done. And I've actually tried to remind them when they do that. I say, okay, boys. So if God is our heavenly father, I want you to think about how it, how it would be if you came to mommy and you said, mommy, I want to spend time with you. And I said, okay. And I only gave you like a minute of my time and I let you sit in my lap super quick. And then you were gone and you ran away and I was like, okay, nope, that's good. That's good. Just, and because our boys really value time. And so I told them, I said, you know, what we want to do, like that connecting time with God is you saying like, Lord, I want to spend time with you. So we've tried Mm -hmm. to focus more on the heart of what it is more than on what they're doing. Cause there are times when they'll read their devotional or I might say, you know, why don't you write out a prayer or why don't you uh, journal or Isaac, he's a musician. I'll say like, you know, if you want, you can go turn on some worship music and you can worship for a little while. So I think that helping them to to determine what it is that helps them to connect with God. Because at these ages, um, you know, we want to instill the word in them. And so I think that keeping them in the word is so good, Mm -hmm. but especially when they're like young, um, like these, ours are obviously elementary school. So when they're in these elementary years, helping them to understand the why behind it, I think is huge. Um, And then helping them to determine and to realize that like not everybody's time with the Lord looks the same. So my discipline, and my routines with the Lord are going to look different than yours, which are different than my husband's and your husband's, whatever. Mm-hmm. The important thing is that we're connecting with the Lord because he's our source. And so, and as you're entering into the middle school years, I'm going to be watching you probably to see oh. how you're handling that with, uh, with your oldest. But, um, I think that us helping to instill in them the why behind it is yes. the most important part and helping them to develop healthy rhythms because really that's the goal of life, right? When we have healthy rhythms in life, whether it be with nutrition or rest or spiritual disciplines, whatever, healthy rhythms are what contribute to a healthy life. So helping them to have healthy rhythms with the Lord um, so that it doesn't become uh, 
too rote in the same thing all the time. You know, um, the point is connection with God. I think emphasizing that is helpful. Mm -hmm. And you're so good at that. You are, I've seen you in that situation before of explaining the why behind Mm. what's going on. And I think our kids actually can handle more of that. They, they Mm. understand more than we give them credit for in a lot of situations. And, um, if you explain and use yourself as an example, or, you know, like a a time, I, I can think of a time that, Keaton has said, well, why, why did you do this? And I, you know, I explained my backstory and then he, oh, a light went on and he got it. So, um, yeah, that's good. So the why the kids can handle the why behind and, um, we don't always have to give a why, but it's it's good to give a why. (laughs) Um, oh, here's, okay. Here's a tricky one. I'm sorry to do this to you, but, um, so how are you guys fostering um, a positive view about girls and women and mm. purity already at this young age? Because it's this has been on my radar with, um, you know, so many um, issues coming up that I feel out of control because, man, I, yeah. I'm not naive. I know that my kids, especially middle school hits, and mm-hmm. they know more than we think they know. And they're going to learn things from the outside world. And I realize, okay, I need to be... Um, the first that they mm-hmm. hear different things from and um, navigating that is very tricky yes. and uncomfortable <laughs> and um, so it's not a one-time thing. So what kinds of things can you speak to the sure. listeners have um, helped you help them um, guide them sure. into um, a healthy, proper view of all of that stuff? Yeah. Before we continue, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want more, head over to patreon.com slash Macaulay's to support our ministry and keep us going. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, I know it can be very challenging and it's so hard, right? Because we want to keep our kids innocent, but we still want to, but we want to engage with them. We don't want to say too much too soon. You know, we found um, a series of books that was incredibly helpful. It's a four book series. It started out uh, with a book that was for ages three to five. And then there's one that's for like ages, I think it's like six to eight or something. It breaks up the age groups and it helps you to start talking about, um, you know, this the first one is actually called the story of me it helps to start talking about some of the more delicate topics with boys right so mm-hmm. it's pretty much um, talking you through age appropriately about our bodies and about interactions with the opposite sex and all that it's been very very good and so we've used those books as a guideline and as a tool so when it comes to like birds and bees type stuff we've been using that as kind of our conversation starter which has been mm-hmm. Im- immensely helpful but then once we've opened the door to the conversation about that it's been really beautiful to see how the conversations with the boys have evolved because from a young age, we've tried to help instill in them that it's not weird to talk to mom and dad about, so you know, yeah. things regarding the opposite sex. And if they've got questions, we pretty much have like a nothing's off limit rule in our house. So if the boys ask a question, even if it makes me turn purple, <laughs> I answer it. And um, I can like, I'm chuckling to myself right now, thinking back at some of the questions they've asked me. But even though internally I'm freaking out, when they answer these, when I'm being asked these questions, answering them has fostered a, like, I can talk to mom and dad about anything mentality, which is good. And so we, trust is a big thing in our home. And so we've told the boys, like, you know, you have our trust and these are things we talk to mom and dad about. So we, within the framework of these conversations only happen with mom and dad. And so we don't talk about it with friends or with other family members. We talk about it only with mom and dad. There are some good boundaries there where they've had the safety to ask questions. But more recently, so Sammy, 
is uh, nine and a half. He's going to be 10. And I'm realizing the need to have one-on-one intentional conversations with Sam. Mm-hmm. And so um, there've been a handful of times where when we've been together, I've tried to just ask questions like, you know, I love that question, what are you thinking about? And not every child will answer that question. <laughs> My Ike would be like, I don't know, the pencil's red. Like he's just very, you know, and Sammy's a little bit of a deeper thinker. And it's been very interesting because recently I actually uh, had a conversation with Sammy where he told me that, um, you know, he had been thinking about some things. And so internally I was like, this conversation should not be happening yet. (laughs) But what I decided was, you know what, we're going to talk about it. And so I actually said, okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. And he told me that somebody had actually been encouraging a girl to kiss him on the cheek. That's what he told me. And so when that happened, I asked him, I was like, and so what did you think about that? And he was like, mom, I didn't want her to. And I was like, okay. And I said, well, can I just talk to you about that for a minute? And so we talked about his age and I said, do you know how old mommy was when she got married? And so we talked about how I was 24 when I got married. And I talked to him about how there's going to be pressure, even sometimes from other people to try to get a girl to maybe kiss him or to hold his hand or whatever. And in that moment, I actually talked to him and told him that he had a responsibility. I said, you know, bud, you've got a responsibility to protect young girls. Mm -hmm. So if a young girl tries to do that, like a way that you can protect her purity and help her, um, help her stay young would be Mm -hmm. to be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Don't make her feel bad, but just kind of put up like a little bit of a wall or a boundary there. And so in that conversation, it was really interesting because Sammy actually started to vocalize to me. We started talking about it, you know, about how he's like, mom, I do think about kissing girls sometimes. And I'm like, okay, Hey buddy. And so for there to be nothing off limits makes it, it kind of, we're telling him like, okay, what you're feeling isn't bad. It's not wrong. It's just that like, there are things that we should wait on. And that as men, especially we want to instill in them that it's their job to, um, to protect women. And, you know, uh, one of the things starting probably when they were on five that we did, I'd read an article one time about how we're talking to boys. We're waiting too long to have the conversation yes. that the first no is no. Mm. And so they said like, you know, we should be training our children from the time that they're three and four and five, that the wow. first no was no. So that means that when we're wrestling or tickling them, and they say, no, stop. We need to model for them that we stop. Maybe right. we have a rule that it's like, okay, I'm going to stop for 10 seconds. And then, you know, yeah. cause we're obviously like wrestling or we're playing whatever. But even in our home, like, uh, when it comes to like things on a daily basis, when somebody says no, we really have been enforcing that the first no is no, because I want that to be second nature that when they're with a girl and she might say no, I want to believe that our boys will always make great choices, but we're human. Right. And mm-hmm. so when that person says no, know the first time, I want our boys to respect it. And so I feel like we need to be able to, even from a young age, show them what that kind of respect looks like Mm -hmm. so that it can spill over into protecting women and into purity, you know? Um, And I know that it can be difficult to talk to our children about these things because we don't want to put ideas into their head. And we, it's like this tension we manage, right? Like don't give them any ideas. We only take the, we only take, you know, the, the little bit that they give us to let us, they give us these little peaks into what they're thinking about and what's happening in their minds. And we don't want to ignore it. And I feel like that has happened, you know, in different generations, we've ignored some of the things happening and then it goes unaddressed and we wait to address it Mm -hmm. until there's been a problem about it. And so kind of being proactive about it, I think is key. Just keeping those conversations open. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm years ago. And I always think about this with everything is, um, 
someone said to me, always listen to your kids and be there for them when they're little so that they'll want you to listen to them when they're older. And, um, you know, I was talking with a mom friend of mine recently who was in a situation where it was, um, rather than doing a a preemptive strike, it was like they were dealing with the mess and the son even said to her, um, mom, I wish we had have talked, like he actually vocalized, I wish we had have talked about this when I was younger. And so for, for moms listening out there, um, I think it really is, um, sadly, uh, in the the world that we live in, we do have to start opening up and sharing Mm -hmm. and talking about things, um, from our perspective, from a God perspective earlier on. Yeah. Um, and again, navigating that timeline is tricky, but, um, like you said, I love what you said, just the whole, um, overarching theme of teaching our boys to protect women Mm -hmm. rather than what the world, um, view is, Mm -hmm. is to demean them or, you know, to not be respectful or to view them, um, as, objects mm-hmm. rather than as, as God's children and as their sister. Um, so, so yeah, oh, that's so good. Um, <laughs> I'm just, oh man, I can think of, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to leave it cause I'm like, I, I have to protect my children. Oh. I can tell some stories. But I know, right? Anyway. Um, okay. Here's one for you. Uh, do you make your, your boys work out their own disagreements? Now this could be both, or do you say, come to me, I'll help you solve this problem problem properly. Um, how do you get in there when they're going <laughs> at it? And um, it, you know, it could. It, there's many different ways we could sure. handle this. But what do you lean towards? Because some people say, let them figure it out, and um, you know, don't be a helicopter mom. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or um, are you guiding the situation? Sure. Where, where are you? Where do you land on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a, again, it's a tension that we manage in our home of being like involved and letting them be independent to work through it. I feel like we miss a step sometimes in parenting and it's the equipping step. So we expect, yeah, we expect that if we model it enough, they will imitate it. And that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in our home, what we try to do is when something happens, you know, you can tell right away, like the level, like if, is it like at 10 already? And if it's at 10, mom's going to intervene, we're going to diffuse and we'll revisit. But uh, depending on where it is, like where the, the, um, the intensity level is sometimes depends how we handle it. And we always will ask the boys, did you talk to him about it? Did you talk to him? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we will play the role of mediator, but then we always end it by making the two of them talk it through. So a good example is, uh, it was last week sometime we had a situation where they were just at each other. You know how boys do. I mean, Mm, it was incessant and I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) So they were going at it and it got to the point where, because like I said earlier, we have this rule that people are the most important. They were fighting over toys. They'd each gotten a new toy that they bought with their own money. So it was theirs. Right. Um, and the other one wanted to play, they each wanted to play with each other's toys and they weren't being kind about it. And I was like, okay, toys are going away and we're going to talk through this. And so I actually helped to navigate them through a conversation again about the why, like, why are we stopping? I said, mom is not punishing you and taking away your toys because I'm mad. I can see that your focus is on the wrong thing. And so they needed navigating in that moment and they needed me to be there to help equip them with, uh, the tools to be able to talk to each other. And so because they were both already angry, we talked about what we do when we're angry and that we walk away. We don't like engage and start yelling. We walk away till we can talk about it. And so the most beautiful thing happened at the end of it. So 
by the time that they both kind of like took a breath and calmed down, I made them each talk to each other. And I kind of took a step back. I was still there, but I made them each talk to each other. I said, okay, Sammy, I want you to tell Isaac like why you were upset. And I want you to tell him how you feel. And then we did, we did it the other way around as well. And then at the end of all of it, so Isaac is crying now, Sammy in the most sweet moment, he puts his hand on Isaac's knee and Uh he goes, Isaac, I want you to know, I don't care about my toys. I don't care about anything in my house. I don't care about what we do. The only thing that I care about in this house is my family and you, Bubby. And Ike, (laughs) his little like defenses just totally came down and they had this huge hug moment. It was so sweet. And they actually embraced the, um, like the, the boundary I had instituted that they couldn't use toys for the next couple days. They embraced it and they like were making swords in the garage together. They were like using their little pocket knives and whatever. And playing and it was interesting right the um the result of that interchange because they were equipped with like okay I need to engage right now and not withdraw um but there are times too um and so in that particular situation it was cool because we got to see them kind of embrace that boundary of like all right no toys right now but we get to spend time together and they really did begin to appreciate each other a little bit more Yeah. Yeah. yeah um but what is interesting though is that there are other times right where you know that they already have the tools that they need and they need to do it and so there are times when I will actually tell them, like if they have friends over and my boys start fighting, I will make my boys go to their room and they're not allowed to come out of their room until they've talked it through. Mm. Because there are certain things that they, I know that they know how to work through those. So I think that we have to just remember that there's not really a one size fits all approach, that it can be easier for us to just say, go work it out. And sometimes that is the right choice, but sometimes that what they actually need is for us to be in it with them and to kind of play the mediator because the goal is not... Not that we just get them to behave the way that we want. And the goal is not that the fighting in our house stops. The goal is that we equip them with the tools to work through conflict mm-hmm. in a way that is um, healthy and in a way that doesn't damage the other person as they're going through it. Yeah. So, so yeah. good. So good. So what I'm hearing through all of your answers is just ongoing communication and engagement. Yes, yes. Like, I know it can be tough because we want to just uh, engage in lazy <laughs> parenting, um, but truly when we equip them, mm-hmm. it actually um, is beneficial in the end because then we're not having to have ongoing yes. battles and issues. Um, and so, yeah, constant communication and um, just engaging with them. Okay, so just to wrap things up, uh, this is the Lessons I Learned podcast. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest lessons or the biggest lesson you've learned on your mothering journey? Now, this might not be, this might be about mothering or it could be about yourself or like mm-hmm. whatever hits you um, mm-hmm. because it's a tough journey and um, we learn so much. I mean, my kids has, have taught me so much yes. about God, about myself, um, just about the world. And so what would you say you've learned Oh my goodness. Probably I would say that there's two things that I would answer that with. The first is that like the more that I mother, the more that I realize I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, as the boys have grown older, every time that I think that I have wrapped my mind around, okay, this is the, this is how I can be a good mom. The season changes or developmentally they change. And I realize like, I just have to kind of go with it. So it's been, um, definitely something that I've learned to not think that I know it all, um, but to lean into the intuition that I know that God has given me. Um, but 
Uh, so that's as far as I'm concerned. And when it comes to the boys, I would say that the thing that I've learned through mothering is that I'm raising little humans and to remember that we, that I've got the opportunity to shape them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes I focus on just wanting their behavior to be good. And I focus on wanting people to look at them and say like, oh, they're such good kids. Yeah. And I have to remember that we're, we are literally shaping little humans that we put really high expectations on. Sometimes what we expect of our children, we as adults have not mastered. We want them yeah. to not throw a temper tantrum about whatever it is that they're upset about. But I realize that I lose my temper and I throw a fit when I don't get my way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I want them to be self-controlled and to not say that fresh in frustration. I don't want them to say that terrible thing to their brother. And I realize that I said something something cutting to my husband because I was frustrated and I snapped Mm -hmm. and I realized that I'm expecting my five, six, seven, eight year olds to behave in a way that is more self-disciplined than what I walk in. And so trying to just remember uh, that they are little humans and that the expectations that we place on them sometimes is so high. Um, So to just give them the same grace that we would want even as adults. Yeah. 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 Oh man. So these children have an annoying way of putting a mirror (laughs) up to us. And, you know, often I'm disciplining my son or just watching him and going, oh my goodness, that's me right now. Like that's me when I was there. And those qualities that I'm really annoyed about in him, um, they actually are ones that I'm having to hone and work on constantly too. And it's so the Lord, just like God gives us our spouses to um, become more like him. Mm -hmm. I think God gives us our children to become more like him as well. Mm -hmm. um, And to just build our character and uh, they need us, but we need them too. Yes. This has been so good. Yes. Thank you for having me. I love this. Thank you for everything you shared. And um, I would just encourage all of you moms to uh, just take hold of what Kelly said, especially Mm -hmm. about um, people, um, just ongoing communication, saying the why behind things Mm -hmm. and just remembering what's truly important. And and that's um, the Lord. So thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate having you here. Let's go eat now. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Well, if you're like me, you do your best to surround yourself with women who make you better. And I love that Kelly is helping me be a better mom. I'm so glad I have resources like books and blogs and podcasts and friends who will offer me advice. But what I need to remind myself of, and all of you with, is that all those things should never trump tuning in to what God is wanting to teach us about how to best love and raise our kids. Dr. Dobson and mummy bloggers and your smartest friend will never, ever be able to offer you such direct and specific wisdom on your child more than their maker. So when you're at a loss, run to him first. See what he has to say on the matter because he knows and loves your kiddo best. He understands what we do not, and he certainly sees more and further than we ever could. God is your greatest resource. So moms out there, with him and all the other help, you've got this. I hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and have learned something new today. It is my passion to help women become the best version of themselves with God's help. 
All the ministry we do, we feel deeply called to, and we live by faith doing it. Would you consider supporting our ministry at patreon.com slash Macaulay's? That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash m-a-c-a-u-l-a-y-s. You may see a link on your screen nearby if you're tuning in using YouTube, SoundCloud, or my website. But if not, that's where you can go to find us. We are grateful for every one of you who believe in us and champion our ministry. Lots and lots of love. Danielle.